2023 Oxford Word of the Year is Riz. I will use it in a sentence. (laughs) Annie is straight serving Riz. Wrong answers only. What does Riz mean? Um, Matt, I want to start with you this week. (laughs) Just because I'm the oldest one in the room and I definitely don't know what this actually means. Yes. (laughs) Like, I I learned a slang term from my 12-year-old about two weeks ago, so what does that tell you? Um, I mean, I'm going to say, like, secrets, because dealing Riz would, like, you know, talking smack talking like spilling the beans i don't know i like i said wrong answers completely um (laughs) i'm gonna say that riz is short for resistance like uh like in star wars it's like luke skywalker he's part of the riz (laughs) (laughs) george lucas never actually used that lydia well, if it makes you feel any better, as one of the youngest people in the room, I also have no idea what this <laughs> means, so don't feel too bad. Um, it means she's a big fan of that old TV show, Rizzoli and Isles. <laughs> Tabitha. It means she wished she had gotten to play Rizzo in Greece. <laughs> that was another way I was going Wasn't there a uh, Muppet named... Riz. I don't know why Rizzo. you're looking at me. I'm terrified of those things. Rizzo, Rizzo <laughs> yeah. the rat. Yeah, th- there you go. There yes. You. So, Riz actually means charisma. I hate this generation. It's just too many syllables. Matt learned what the word simp meant not that long ago. Yeah, that was. And from Duncan my and I <laughs> harassed him for like. I don't know, 20 minutes about the fact that he's old. The fact that he brought in his iPad and Googled it for me to read. Like, that was, it, like, it wasn't embarrassing enough. I didn't know what it meant. But then he comes around the corner with his iPad in his hand. He's like, here, Dad. Like, thanks. Yeah. Using it in, like, a conversation with me. And I'm like, oh, oh. Like, I'm scandalized by this, like, sixth grade tea. And, and Matt's like, completely what? Completely oblivious. I'm like, I don't get it. So what, what does simp mean? Like, you're, like, easily pliable to the opposite gender that you're attracted to. Like, you're just, like, we'll do anything for them. Like, you're a simp. Uh. Hmm. Weird. I didn't make so, up a word. So we learned two words tonight. Well, <laughs> some of us. <laughs> I'm hip. <laughs> I broke it. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, and Lydia. All right, so we have a bunch to talk about this week. Uh, We are going to start with the poll list. What's on our pull list this week? The first book we're going to talk about tonight is Beyond Real Number One. 
It's out December 13th from Vault, written by Zach Kaplan, with art by Fabiana Mascolo and Tony Fajula. Uh, so June and her boyfriend, Eli, uh, get into a car accident that injures her and leaves him in a coma. Uh, she begins to see and experience life in a completely different way, which leads her on a journey to save Eli's life. Um, the art in this book is just absolutely stunning at times. Um, I don't want to get into too much in spoilers, uh, but basically this accident makes her like see reality in a way. Like, it's just like, I, I don't want to describe it with, you know, I, I can't describe it without giving too much away, but like, what she goes through because of this is just it's visually stunning um as far as the story itself um i've read quite a few things from zach kaplan he's become one of my favorite writers uh, especially with like uh with sci-fi comics he is like he is quickly becoming like a master of sci-fi comics uh, i have full intention or I, I have full faith that he is putting us through a wild ride and, and I'm here for it. Um, you know, the, the little bit that we got with these characters, you know, like I'm already, we, we saw Eli for what, a couple pages before the accident, but like the interactions between him and June, like, I mean, you're supposed to be rooting for, you know, this main couple anyway, but it's like, I'm hardcore rooting for them. You know, I, I want to see what happens. Um, Matt, what'd you think? Um, I enjoyed this. Um, I know we read a bunch of Mindset, which is like I think Zach Kaplan's like more recent works. Um, I do agree with you that as far as like the sci-fi comics, he he's kind of got it down pat. Um, this starts out very much like almost Matrix-esque vibes, um, but for lack of a better way to say it, the code breaks down. Um, and you know that there's more going on. Um, like I'm in for this. I, I agree with you. The art was great. It was a little, it was seriously trippy at times, Mm -hmm. which is intentional. Um, my only thing is that I know based on previous readings of his books that we're going to get a full story and a wild ride. The intro for this issue almost a little simplistic if you will like you get the accident you get the kind of like okay this is what's going to happen and you know that this is the beginning of the roller coaster but like you have no idea where the rest of the track is going so at this point it seems a little tame um which like i said i know it's not going to be but i would have liked a little bit bigger i think of a twist kind of to kick this whole thing off but uh yeah. Either way, ready to see where this goes. Tabitha, what'd you think? Um, like you said, the art in this was stunning. This the two panel page or like the two page panels from the accident, uh, where it was like showing the red light and then the green light in the car while they were talking was like incredibly well done. Like the the detail in that scene from the accident was just like mind blowingly well done. Um I, I kind of agree with Matt. The, the beginning was a little simp. No, I don't know if I'd use the word simple, but a little. Would you use simp? 
No. Because <laughs> a little, oh no, like trite almost for me. And then it got into or, like her experiences like post accident. And I was like hooked and I like plowed through it like really fast. Girl, the cliffhanger though. Like, how are you going to throw her into this whole new world and then be like, to be continued? And I'm like, Bo, what's happening? <laughs> so I think this is something that I really hope we get more issues of because I would like, really like to carry on. Lydia, what about you? Again, to echo what you guys said, the art in this is phenomenal. One of my gripes a lot with some of the uh, books that we get is they get too jumbled. And this is so clean and you can tell what everything is without having to like stare at it for five minutes to see what's going on. Um, this one actually hooked me from the beginning. And I think it's like the first page, first or second page, there's a line that I absolutely loved. And I actually screenshot it because like it's the second page. So it's not really a spoiler, but he says... You're saying life is caused by an artistic tantrum. And she says, I'm saying science tries to explain life, but life is creation and creation is messy. It's like, I love that. And yeah, say basically from that point on, I was hooked and I was ready to see where this led because I kind of had a feeling something was going to happen when I didn't read like the synopsis. So I didn't know that there was an accident until I got to that point, but I could tell something was coming and something was going to go downhill and I really want to see where she has to go to get him back. So next book we're going to talk about is Bergamot and Sunny Day. Uh, it's out now from Tokyo Pop by Lai uh, Kithala. So Riku works at a cafe and is perpetually unlucky in love. Uh, the cafe's owner, Josh, asks Riku on multiple dates, which leaves him falling for his boss, which is the last thing he wanted to do. Um, Tabitha, I think that we're going to have a slightly different interpretation of this book. Um, why don't you start first? This was so saccharine sweet. I am now diabetic. Um, <laughs> it was, oh my God, these characters are so, no one's ever going to love me. I'm unlovable because I can't keep a relationship more than three months. Like, the teenage emo vibes for these grown ass men was so <laughs> off the charts that I was rolling my eyes every single time anyone opened their mouth. I got about halfway through before I messaged you guys. I'm like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I'm going to jump off the building. Like I can't keep reading this. Um, I will say the thing that I did like is sometimes I have a really hard time with the formatting and I did not have that problem this time because the art was so simple and there wasn't a lot of crap happening in the background that I was trying to pay attention to. So reading this was much more fluid. And I'm bummed because I was like, oh, man, I'm doing great. And then I'm like, <laughs> but I'm so depressed. <laughs> so it was just, I don't know. It was way too sappy love story for me. I'm all for, you know... I'm all for happiness, but, like, the beginning of this was just way too, like, woe is me over and over and over. I, I couldn't do it. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It was a very, it was very sappy at times. Um, I liked this, though. Um, the the main character, uh, Riku, uh, definitely a self-saboteur. And I'm like, oh, I feel seen. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
but but yeah, I mean it's it's a pretty simple love story. Um, was kind of I was worried how they were gonna go with the whole like employee employer vibe because um, that you know it doesn't typically work out very well. Um, but yeah, this was this was a fun story. Uh, definitely definitely grown up at times. Um, I don't I don't know if you got to any of those parts. But... Um, I kept kind of like flipping through and I, I saw some of the some of the more not explicit work. Yeah. Spicy bits. Yeah. <laughs> the bits they were spicy. Um, not like any of that. <laughs> but um and that's why you don't go to the bedroom after you've been chopping jalapenos, children. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Um, so next up is Illustrated Owl. It's an anthology that's out now from Z2. Um, Z2, they gave us kind of like a holiday gift guide. And this is part of it. This Illustrated Owl has been out for a little while. Um, but it's a Ringo Award winning anthology uh, that takes some of Weird Al's greatest hits and gives them a whole new perspective. As someone who is a Weird Al fan, like, this was so fun. Um, there were quite a few, especially in the beginning, there were quite a few songs that I didn't even recognize. Um, but some of the ones that were in there, like, it's so stupid. I, well, most of Weird Al's songs <laughs> are stupid, but they are supposed to be. Um, but uh, his song, Albuquerque which is an 11-minute song about this guy who goes to Albuquerque. It's way more entertaining than I'm giving it credit for. But I was, like, so pumped to see that. Um, also, The Night Santa Went Crazy. I was also ask if that was yes, in it. <laughs> I was so happy that it was in there. Um, it's almost like I wanted to – I didn't get around to it. But, like, I wanted to play the songs while mm-hmm. I was, you know, mm-hmm. reading the story. Just to, you know, kind of go along with it, I guess. But I'm kind of glad I didn't. Because this is one thing that I definitely noticed in The Night Santa Went Crazy. Like, the chorus, like, they'll do it once, but then they kind of skip over it the next time. And it's like, especially with some of these songs, like, I'm singing them in my head. And then when you (laughs) cut that part out, I get really confused. Um, But, yeah, like, if, if you're a fan of Weird Al, this is so fun. The art is just as weird and wacky as his songs are um i just i i loved this so much match hatch <laughs> it's fine <laughs> well it's because i was i was trying to say much but then i knew i was going to matt so then that's why it was weird so matt what'd you think <laughs> um i too am a weird elf fan and this as much as i enjoyed this overall i felt like it was kind of a mixed bag um there were some of them that were wonderful. They were great. They were brilliant. Um, Art-wise, everything across the board was well done. I loved all the different styles. It was easy to tell whether you got the song title at the beginning as a headline or not. You knew you were switching songs or st- switching stories. Um, so there was no confusion there, which I appreciated. And like I said, all of the art styles fit with whatever story was being told at that time. Um I think 
I think the reason I say mixed bag is that because I did feel that there were some of them where there was either too much art or not enough art and too many words. Um, like, I can't remember which one it was, but there was one where, like, I spent the entire time reading it and then, like, almost forgot to look at the art because everything was covered in words. Um, so, I don't know. Um, I also, like, Yoda, I love that song. Great song. Very disappointed that that was, like, a one-page story. Like, I wanted some more from that. I'm almost wondering... Were any of the ones that were actually stories, were any of them, like, parodies, or were they all his original songs? Well, see, that's the thing, is I wanted to do what you were talking about and go through and listen, like, make a playlist and listen to all of these songs to kind of, like, line them up and look at them. But, like, I didn't get a chance to do that, so I don't know. I know there were a couple that were parodies, and then there were some that I know were original songs, but I couldn't 100% tell you which ones were which. Okay. Um... The only other note I have here is that, like, I've listened to Weird Al since I was a kid. I don't really know that I realized how dark and violent so many of these songs are. Mm -hmm. Like, I knew The Night Santa Went Crazy was dark and disturbing. But, like, seeing it visually, it's even more dark and disturbing. That one, it makes me like it more. Some of the other ones, I'm like... Wow. Oh, okay. Didn't didn't catch that as a kid. All right. That's cool. Yeah. And it's <laughs> it's so hilarious that like, yeah, that so many of his songs are like that. But then like him as a person is like supposedly like obviously I've never met the guy, but like supposedly he's like one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. <laughs> yeah. So it's, that's funny. Uh, Tabitha, what do you think? So as someone whose Weird Al knowledge stops <coughs> with the parodies. Uh, I went into this and I felt like I was having an aneurysm. Um, <laughs> so Dare to be Stupid, which was the first one they put in here, where every single panel, quote unquote, that matched the lyric for that line, I was, it took me like 45 minutes to read that one story because <laughs> I was like, what the hell is going on? What does this art have to do with literally anything? Um, I really appreciated the artistic changes. Like sometimes we get like the, I don't want to call them mashups, but like these things where a bunch of different artists work on them and sometimes they all start looking kind of the same. Like there was a very, very good balance of like different art styles with these. This was something for someone who is much more of a Weird Al fan than I am because I did find myself kind of just like skimming toward the end and not really reading it anymore because I'm like I don't have a clue what's happening I'm just keeping on keeping on um I didn't not like it but I just don't think it was for me (laughs) so the last book that we're going to talk about tonight is the nasty number five um it's still kind of weird to say that like I mean the nasties number one, two, and three. Uh, it was always kind of funny. It was a chuckle, but like, what the hell is a nasty number five? Like, what? It's like Mambo number five. What, dirty. I was thinking what? that. <laughs> it's like what bodily fluids going out there? Like, uh, ew. Nope. <laughs> Why are you the way that you are? 
Um, mostly because of Weird Al, actually. <laughs> that explains so much. I have major beef with Weird Al right now. <laughs> so, the nasty number five. <laughs> little bit of Jessica. Yeah. Okay. So, it's out now from Vault. Uh, written by John Lees with art by Adam Cahoon. So we get a glimpse of Mira and Thumper's vision of uh, House of the Creeping Flesh, where a group of college kids have plans to renovate the old flesh house. Uh, however, the house has hidden terrors, and Cindy, played by Mira, has strange nightmares. Um, Tabitha, you're chuckling, so what's going on here? I accidentally made eye contact with Lydia, and that's what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Well, I, heard, I heard the chuckling, and then I look at these two, and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. So what, what, what did I miss while I was reading? Flesh house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's all there is to it. That's what happened. Um, I enjoyed this. I was a little bummed that it cut like out to like go back to their... I was like engrossed in like what was happening in the movie they're filming, and I was like... Suddenly they were like back in the real world. I'm like, ah, dang it. Like now I just need to continue. So I know how the rest of this movie wraps up. Those are all my thoughts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, you kept looking like you might say something else. I wasn't for sure. Uh, Matt, what'd you think? Um, so very early on in this series, I was not a hundred percent in for this. I was like, I, I wasn't sure where it was going. Um, I like, very much how we have gotten the multi-pronged story. We have the lady who's coming in to, to wreak havoc. We've got the movie that they're building. Now we're actually getting to see some of the clips basically from that movie. Um, and like all of those things moving forward at the same time. And then with the addition of the, I guess, issue that they're having with red Enos um, in being a little too real is like is wonderful there's a lot of things going on here and i feel like it's like i feel like the story's continuing to grow um so if we only get like one or two more issues of this i'm gonna be almost real concerned like there's a lot of things to wrap up in a short amount of time um but like i said it, very early on i wasn't sure that i was here for this the way that this one ends like don't do that to me like I, I like that's an awful cliffhanger congratulations um I, I i need issue six so i had to get caught up i had to read uh issues three four and five so some of what i might be talking about may actually be issue four in fact i think it probably is uh but there is one scene where thumper asks his mom to um uh to be in the movie which immediately I'm like, oh, this is probably not a good idea, especially with um, the the issue that is going on with uh, Red Red Enos, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so I'm like, immediately I'm like, oh god, is his mom gonna die? Mm -hmm. um, she hasn't yet, <laughs> but there's still time. I did. I liked how this was. Um, a bit of a reprieve because like issues three and four you know the, the story is ramping up and everything and then issue five most of it is you know this movie so like i appreciated that but at the same time i'm like okay but like we're starting to get real serious with this story 
and now you're going to like take our minds off of it for a month like okay okay fine oh geez um which leads me to believe that issue six like some shit's gonna go down like hardcore uh, but this book is still like it's it's so fun it's you know it's definitely a horror comic but it i don't want to say it pokes fun at horror but it's like it's like kind of a love letter to horror movies and it's just it's it's such a good time so let's go ahead and go into trailer takedown let's get ready for trailer takedown and these trailers guys are we okay (laughs) no 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 i didn't appreciate it when we were putting all these together but like these are some sad movies, guys. I mean, not. I mean, the movies themselves aren't sad, but like a lot of them are like post-apocalyptic, like end of the world type of stuff. Like, whew. It's the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> and do we feel fine? No. Yeah. Fair. So <laughs> the first movie we're going to talk about is Eileen, and that's going to go up against this is this is a weird combination. It's Eileen versus Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 1. Um, Such a long title. It is. Um, Lydia, let's start with you this round. Oh, boy. Um, so I didn't really know what was going on at first with Eileen, and then it kind of continued to confuse me. Um, also, I don't think anyone in that trailer could decide what accent they wanted to use. Love you, Anne Hathaway, but pick a lane. Um, mm. The Justice League one, I did not like the art style on this at all. Like the some of the faces, like the different angles, just did not look right. And I think that bugged me more than it should have, because <laughs> I was so focused on that that I stopped paying attention to what was supposed to be going on with whatever earth they were on at that particular point in the trailer um between the two i'm more interested i think in watching eileen just at this point just because i think it the art style is just gonna bug me too much to pay attention to justice league so i'm gonna give six to eileen and four to justice league i kind of already forgot what eileen was what that trailer was even about. Not gonna lie. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I remember she was fighting some people. Looked like maybe she was like destroying some stairs. I don't know. I don't know what the hell I watched when I watched Eileen. Um, Justice League. I haven't seen too many of the dc animated movies um the ones that i've had that i have seen i've enjoyed uh, this looks really cool <sighs> we've seen a lot of crisis on infinite earths however the arrowverse did that not too long ago uh, and plus like dc comics has a crisis seemingly at least once a decade um, probably maybe even more to mid-decade crisis say so the flash movie yeah. even kind of leaned into that a yeah. little bit too yeah so it's like 
yeah, we're we're almost crisis out. But <laughs> at the same time, um, I would happily watch this over Eileen. Uh, so I'm giving nine points to Justice League and one to Eileen. Uh, Matt. So I know that these Justice League and the DC animated films are well received. They're well done. The voice acting is usually pretty solid. I I just have a hard time watching the trailers and going, yeah, I'm going to sit down and spend an hour and a half or two hours watching this animated DC film that looks, most of the time, no offense, like it was made in the 90s. Like, the animation style just it 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 seems and i know that it's 2d so haha it just seems kind of flat yeah like <laughs> i just i don't know it it it's not it doesn't really get me excited about the story even though i know that as a cart as a comic book the stories are involved and well written um these trailers just don't ever seem to do enough to draw me into this story. Um, Eileen, I've read the book. Um, it, it was one of those that was, Tabitha has a list for me of books that I need to read. And this was one that was on my list. I think I read it last winter. Um, Cause it's definitely a winter vibe type of book. Um, I do kind of have to agree with Lydia as far as the, accents go but either way this trailer does an amazing job of giving the dark noir feel that the book has um i almost feel like this trailer did a better job giving that feel than the book itself did um like the book tried for that and has moments where it succeeds but this trailer is dark and dingy and dirty from beginning to end. Um, I also feel like Anne Hathaway would have played Eileen if she were about 15 or 20 years younger. Like, I feel like that's like, she wanted that role, but knows she can't play that role. So instead she like is part of this movie to help that actress along. Um, either way, I, I I'm ready to get inside Eileen's head for this. Um, so I'm going to go eight points for Eileen and, and two, I can't do math. Um, I was trying to count all the infinite earths and I got lost. Um, two for (laughs) justice league. I obviously read Eileen and if the plot twist at the end of that book plays out as well as it did in the book on the screen, it's chef's kiss. It's a fantastic dark noir moment like matt said like it's it's absolutely beautifully done in the book so i'm very excited to see how they bring this to the screen um it looks incredible there's the added bonus of my second wife Anne hathaway being in this film (laughs) very excited about that who's your first wife reese witherspoon okay (laughs) 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 sorry (laughs) i was mostly making that face at not seth it was like um so with the DC thing, I'm not going to name its title because it's going to take me 26 years. I am over the parallel timelines and the daily crises of 
superheroes and I'm with Lydia. I was so distracted by how bad the art looked that when they were blinking, I was like jumping because their eyes look so weird. So I'm giving them, I'm giving that zero points. That looked like someone made it in Microsoft Paint. Um, and I'm going <laughs> to give 10 points to Eileen. Also, can we talk about, you know, Superman's great Scott line? Like, okay, Doc Brown, sit down. <laughs> what, a, what an interesting thing to say. So with a score of with a score of fifteen to twenty five, uh, come on, Eileen, because you're moving to the next round. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie; that song's been playing in my head the whole time. Yeah. I'm sitting here talking about this, uh, and that's going to meet the winner of Fallout versus Godzilla X Kong. Um, I'm gonna start this round. I know that Fallout's a thing. That's about my knowledge of Fallout. Um, and I think there's a boy in, in Fallout. <laughs> Fallout no, he's boy. Just, he's just the, the logo. <laughs> the mascot. Um, anyway, this looks cool, but like we get so many post-apocalyptic stories, which... Uh, we're going to see more of them, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so it's like, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know that I'm here for it. Uh, I'm pretty sure, was this the trailer that did say, like, from the team that brought you, like, I think it said, like, Invincible and, uh, two, yeah, two-day shipping? Mm. I thought that was pretty funny because it's on Amazon Prime. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I missed that joke. Same. Uh, but anyway, so that goes up against. <laughs> I thought that was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> like two day shipping. I've never heard of that one. Um, that goes up against Godzilla X Kong. Um, this looks cool. I don't know that I'm going to get around to watching it. Um, it. I don't know. It seems like. The, the title makes it seem like they go and fight, but it sounds like they're teaming up. Um, I wonder if they both have mothers named Martha. Um, <laughs> that is me. Or maybe mothers named Mothra. Um, <laughs> oh, it's like a little jingle bell. Every time I get a shame, an angel gets its wings. I don't think that's no, what we, that's No, we've doing. had this conversation before. Every time you get a shame bell, another demon climbs out of hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm slowly populating the earth with my minions. <laughs> <laughs> it all makes sense now. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm going to give Godzilla X Kong seven points. I'm giving Fallout three points because i'm pretty sure there's a fallout three right yes yeah, yeah. there's at least four. Oh, well they don't deserve that many points <laughs> Tab. uh i have no idea about fallout i have no ties to the game but i love a post-apocalyptic world but however as we know video game movies and tv shows are traditionally just not well done or well received um as far as kong x godzilla this is 
Godzilla, it's Kong and his revenge era. We now have Baby Kong and Dan Stevens. Like, there's literally <laughs> nothing about this for me not to be in love with. That's who that was. Yeah, <laughs> girl. That's Dan Stevens. Mm. Um, this looks perfect, and I'm probably going to cry just every time Baby Kong comes onto the screen. Um, monster movies, especially, like, the Godzilla and, like, Kong franchises have been my, like, favorite since I was a child. So so excited for this so i'm gonna give fallout one because i think i would be entertained but i'm going to give the rest of my points to kong x godzilla mostly to baby kong (laughs) 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 lydia so yeah fallout is a uh, video game series that i have not played but i know a little bit about it um but with the track record that video game movies and TV shows have, I am very trepidatious of this, I guess. Um, and while Godzilla X Kong looks cool, I think the thing that I enjoyed the most of it was Baby Kong, because it was <laughs> every time he came on screen, me and Tabitha just went, oh. <laughs> um, I'm also probably more likely to watch Fallout. But, you know, that means I have to finish other things first uh, before I start another series that I'm never going to finish. Uh, so I'm going to just do what I did last time. I'm going to give six to Fallout and four to Kong, which is mostly going to Baby Kong. Man, this is a hard matchup for me because while I have only, you think, played one or two of the fallout games um it's it's a post-apocalyptic game that does things a little bit differently than a lot of them um there are a lot of homages in this trailer to the games um the outfits are spot on the the armor is is like right out of the video or right out of the video game. Um, some of the creatures, the dog, uh, the German shepherd was very popular recently. I think with fallout four um, made the cover of the game and everything. So that was a great, that was a great touch. Um, in a lot of ways, I feel like as much as I agree that the video game movie and TV adaptations tend to go poorly, we saw how well Amazon did with Wheel of Time. And I feel like they have given Fallout the same respect and the same oomph behind it. Um, so that gives me hope um, and kind of reinvigorates my desire to go back and play those games anyways. Um, I love a good monster movie. Godzilla X Kong, I mean, really... The two of them teaming up, kicking ass. Like, it looks awesome. Um, my only concern is there are a few moments in that trailer where the CGI looks a little dated CGI. already. Yes. Um, and then it also kind of looks like Godzilla and Kong team up to beat Planet of the Apes. And I don't know how I feel about that plot line because that's kind of what it looks like. I do love the fact that they're continuing with the 
theme or the the plot basically of the hollow earth that has come up with the most recent monster movies so that i'm excited for but as much as i love godzilla and kong um i think at this point fallout for me shows more promise so i'm gonna go six points for fallout and four for godzilla x kong so with a score of 24 to 16 fallout falls out of trailer takedown (laughs) (laughs) our next matchup is furiosa versus gundam requiem for vengeance um matt let's start with you this round i'm not gonna lie i don't really want to give either of these any points um you gave us both i did give us both of these trailers so that's entirely my fault um furiosa is one is a movie that's like i feel like hollywood said oh um Charlize Theron's character in the last Mad Max movie was kick-ass and amazing. She needs a backstory. And so they decided to do this movie. The CGI looks bad. I don't even care that Chris Hemsworth is probably going to kick some ass. Um, They threw in like a younger version of the bad guy from the first remake Mad Max movie. um, Like just to tie everything together. Um, Like... Anya Taylor-Joy is a great actress, but I just, I don't, like, there was no heart in her performance in this trailer. Like, she just didn't seem to be into it. Um, So I just, like, I, I, I need, if you want me to enjoy Mad Max movies, I need to find something in these that I'm going to root for or care about, and I have yet to do that basically with anything ever um despite being cult classics that they are um gundam somebody made a quick time movie and put it on netflix um i thought this was going to be interesting the very beginning of this the cgi almost looks better than some of those spots in the furiosa trailer but then it devolves pretty quickly um I'm just going to go five and five on this because I, I can't decide which is worse. Tabitha. Uh, so our uh, background. Oh, I was peanut gallery. There's the word I'm looking for. Uh, <laughs> not Seth. said it best about Gundam. Uh, this doesn't look like a real trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I was 100% convinced this was fan made for the entirety of the time we were watching it. Um, as far as Mad Max, I'm not sure that we need another one of these. I really enjoyed Furiosa's story in last Mad Max, Mad Max movie that we got. And I really enjoy the chaos that are Mad Max films. They're nice popcorn movies that you don't have to think about. You just have to watch shit explode and people drive real dumb. Like, it's just it's just <laughs> fun. Um, and this, like Matt said, is a prequel to Furiosa's story that we got in that last movie. I'm a sucker for a pre-story. So I'm going to give all 10 of my points to Mad Max because I'd rather pry my eyes out with rusty grapefruit spoons than watch that Gundam trailer again. 
That was very specific. I mean, which is something you would probably do in that world of Mad Max. Oh, yeah. Lydia. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Matt. I don't want to give either one of these points. <laughs> like, I've, ne- I've never seen a Mad Max film. I'm not going to go back and watch all of them just so I can watch this one. Especially since, like they said, it just doesn't feel like there's any like heart behind it. It just is like, hey, here's a movie for the sake of having a movie. And then the Gundam one literally looked fan-made. It looked like somebody took clips from like a video game and just poorly dubbed something over the top of it. I don't know what they were going for with that. I'm hoping whatever they actually come out with and put on what is it Netflix is better than whatever this trailer is. I want to go five and five too because I don't want to <laughs> give either one of them points. Yeah, so I've never seen any of the Mad Max movies. Have no frame of reference. It's fine. Um, <clears throat> I really didn't know what was going on except um, Chris Hemsworth, like. The face looked like Fat Thor, Mm -hmm. but the rest of his body looked like Fit Thor. So I was (laughs) very confused. (laughs) That is a very apt description. Yeah. (laughs) Fit Fat Thor. (laughs) Whoa, can't say that Um, five times fast. (laughs) Fut Thor? No. Fat fat Thor? Fat Thor? This sounds like Boba Fett. (laughs) Fat Thor? Fat Thought, thought, Just give up. Thor. That sounds like thought Thor. <laughs> <laughs> you have my attention. <laughs> I'm going to give Furiosa more points now. <laughs> uh, not really. But um, Gundam, like, I was confused because, so the the YouTube video that we watched, it was from Netflix anime. And so I'm like, okay, so it's going to be an anime. But then, like, I don't know, the first 10 seconds or something, like, the CGI looked good it, it to the point where I was, like, I was confused. I was like, wait, is this an anime or is this live action? I, I don't know what's going on. And then we saw a human being and I was like, oh, dear God, it's like the CGI from the 90s. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys remember um, in the 90s, it was like Voltron, the third dimension. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. it was giving that, and yeah, I was just I was not here for it, and the entire time I kept asking, "Where is Psy?" Anyway. Get out! <laughs> Again, this is my house. My name I, is on the lease. I don't think not Seth cares, considering he's the first one that told you to get out. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> um, so I followed suit. And just gave them both uh, five and five. I'm really glad that you didn't do that, Tabitha. I was worried. <laughs> um, so with a score of 15 to 25, Furiosa, um, I don't know. Um, Drives on. Sure. Thanks. <laughs> it's going to meet the winner of Zone of Interest versus True Detective Night Country. Um, Tabitha, I don't believe you started yet, so let's start with you. So, Zone of Interest, as with most A24 trailers, we didn't get much. Um, This is going to be weird, it's going to be wild, and like I said when we were watching this, this is like giving Nazi officer family vibes, so I am intrigued to see what this is actually going to be about. 
and I'm not going to look it up despite the fact that I really want to because I kind of want to be surprised. Yes, you um, Rude. Um, <laughs> as for this new iteration of True Detective, this literally has all of the things I like. Cold weather, murder, mystery, and Jodie Foster. Like, I have, <laughs> I have no notes. Like, <laughs> no complaints. 10 out of 10. Um, the zone of interest has my interest, so I am going to give it four points, but the rest of my points, all six of them, will go to True Detective, Jodie Foster, or whatever it's called. <laughs> True, True Detective, 30 Days of Night. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Zone of Interest, the fuck did we watch? <laughs> Literally no idea. Uh, but it's A24, so um, that's, that's to be expected. Uh, True Detective, Night Country. Uh, I haven't seen any of the other True Detective series. And if I'm not mistaken, they are kind of standalone. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't have to watch the other three seasons? Three seasons, nope. You okay. do not. Um, that said, even with that knowledge, I still, like, I don't know. The little bit of knowledge that I had with True Detective, I thought that it was... A little bit more grounded. This seems more sci-fi, more horror. Am I wrong? Yes and no. Okay. So this is leaning sci-fi horror in that trailer, but based on my prior knowledge of life, because I'm weird, it is more think more culty. Yeah. Okay. Than, yeah. Um, L- looks like looks like aliens is a cult. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> but still, like I don't know, like. Knowing, like, yeah, knowing the little bit that I knew about True Detective, it was just like it, it kept throwing me off. Um, the main character that's not Jodie Foster, uh, I was really digging her like dimple piercings, um, but that just kind of kept getting my attention. Um, <laughs> Distracting. Yeah, thank you. They were so shiny. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that can't be regulation. <laughs> Um, so based solely off of what I'm more likely to see first, I'm giving Zone of Interest six points and True Detective Night Country four points. Um, Matt. Um, Zone of Interest, I have to agree with Tabitha, gives you that Nazi officer vibe. It also gives a very uncomfortable vibe. Like, this is going to be weird and you're going to be uncomfortable with how weird it gets. Um, I feel like what we saw in this trailer is like is is the very surface level of what this story is about, and it's gonna get twisted and weird the further this goes in. Um, that said, I almost feel like again with it's a twenty four, so you're not gonna get much in the first trailer. Like, I almost want trailer number two to give me a little bit more plot to like pull me a little bit deeper into this story. Um, True Detective season one was brilliant season two was well done I have not seen season three season four Jodie Foster dark cold snow Um, this just looks like everything good from season one moved to the tundra mm-hmm. Um, and I'm here for it Um, whether you like it or not any of these seasons of True Detective, they get actors that give some of the best performances of their entire freaking lives in these series. Mm-hmm. Um, 
people pan season two, but like Colin Farrell's character was brilliant. Um, I forgot that they were moving on with this series. I love that it's an anthology series. You can watch each season completely standalone. Um, I'm here for it. I'm ready. Um, I, I have to give true detective eight points and two to uh zone of interest and lydia so i know a24's whole thing is just to be weird but this trailer was weird like i i'm i was highly confused the whole time um drew detective i almost said true country which is (laughs) just a Swished version of this title. Um, <laughs> I also have not seen any of the previous year, uh, seasons, but knowing that they stand on their own makes me super happy because watching this trailer, it, I think it's the one of all the trailers that we watched tonight that I actually am the most interested in seeing. Um, so I'm just going to give it all of my points and not give any to whatever the heck that weird A24 thing was. <laughs> So with a score of 12 to 28, True Detective moves on. All right. So now we're at the semifinals. First round, Eileen versus Godzilla x Kong. Um, Matt. Um, I'm going to go, based on the trailers alone, I'm going to go seven points for Eileen and three for Godzilla x Kong. I'm opposite of you. I'm going three points for Eileen and seven for Godzilla X Kong. Tabitha. Uh, Mitch and I doing the same thing again. Um, I'm also going to go three for Eileen and seven for Kong X God, whatever, whichever order those go in. Lydia. I'm going eight for Eileen and two for each of the scenes that Baby Kong was in. <laughs> <laughs> So with a score of 21 to 19, very close, um, Eileen moves on to the finals. It's, and she's going to meet the winner of Furiosa versus True Detective. You guys got points? Okay. Um, Tabitha, let's start with you this round. Uh, yeah, when this is the matchup, I'm going to give all 10 of my points to True Detective. None for none for Furiosa. Same-sies. Lydia? Yeah, same. Matt? Same. <laughs> Score of 40 to 0. I didn't even have to do any math. Um, True Detective moves on to the finals. Uh, let's take a couple seconds because I need to figure my life out. I'm going to need more than a few seconds for that. <laughs> um, I'm going 5 and 5. Uh, I Between these two movies, um, True Detective only won for me and that was because it went up against Furiosa um, at the end of the day I'm not really excited about either one of these movies Lydia I am going to give 8 to the, uh, the detective one and 2 to Eileen because I am still interested in it and also I've been singing this song in my head since we started talking about this trailer <laughs> Matt this is a tough matchup um, but I think at the end of the day, I'm just a little more excited for True Detective, so I'm going to go six for True Detective and four for Eileen. 
Tabitha, bring it home. What this breaks down to is basically you asking me to pick between Jodie Foster and Anne Hathaway. And at the end of the day, I don't know that I can make that choice. So I'm going five and five. (laughs) (laughs) So with a score of 16 to 24, True Detective Night Country wins this week's trailer takedown. Um, Granted, we had a couple of long pauses, but we are... Just about an hour four, and we are just now starting gut reaction. <laughs> Ow! Gut reaction. Two second explanations, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it short. Putting the gut in gut reaction. Ew! Like <laughs> 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 He's still Thumbs thinking about down, Dan Bob Thor. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> we're going to start... We're starting this week with Oni Press. A little bit of Oni Press news here. They are teaming up with Spectre Vision. Uh, so Spectre Vision, it is a production company that has was founded by uh, Daniel Noah and Elijah Wood. So they are teaming up for what they're calling a pop-up publishing imprint uh, for 2025 called High Strangeness. Uh, so just reading from this press release, it says, Influenced by real documented cases of paranormal phenomena dating back to the mid-20th century, high strangeness will surveil the liminal spaces spaces where reality, hallucination, science, and mythology give way to cosmic wonder and existential terror, bending perception far beyond the bounds of traditional science fiction and horror. Um, Giving this a thumbs up, this sounds fantastic. Um, I didn't know anything about SpectreVision. But yeah, I'm I'm here for this. Uh, Tabitha. Yeah, this sounds right up my alley. Giant thumbs up. Matt. The recent um, connection between sci-fi and horror is absolutely wonderful. Um, add to that, you know, the the aliens and that kind of conspiracy theory. Absolutely. Thumbs up. Lydia. So I thought I remembered what SpectreVision was, and I was right. So he, they actually made a video game called Transference, which is a, fall, a psychological thriller. So mixing that with Oni Press just sounds like an awesome idea, and I'm excited. Thumbs up. Tabitha, let's go to Disneyland. Um, so Disneyland is taking, or Star Wars is taking over some things at Disneyland. Um, the absolute long and short of it is Season of the Force is going to see Space Mountain transformed into Hyperspace Mountain, along with specially themed food and beverages and merchandise. Um, it's going to be running from April 5th to June 2nd, 2024. It's going to be a very short run. I'm I'm here for this. I love that they're just kind of like letting Disney or Star Wars take over Disneyland for a couple of months. Sounds fantastic. Thumbs up. Matt. Um, I almost kind of wish we could go for this. Thumbs up. Lydia. I still don't really have enough of a Star Wars like I, I lost my train of thought. Knowledge base. Knowledge base is a good <laughs> good way to go. Uh to really care, but you guys are excited, so thumbs up. Yeah. Thumbs up. Um I'm only Sad that they didn't do this when I was at Disneyland. So, a couple of Barbie stories. Uh, the first one, Barbie is finally making its way to streaming services uh, with a twist. 
Um, Barbie, which I didn't know this, was the it's the highest grossing film in Warner Brothers history. It's going to hit max on December 15th and will also include an American Sign Language version. Um, according to a press release, the decision to have an ASL version is rooted in research and feedback from the deaf community as well as counsel from community leaders. Um, the title, if you're looking for it, it can be found on the app uh, by its key art, but it also will have the sign language symbol. Um, initially, I was going to give this a thumb sideways because I, I was confused by the idea of, well, why have you know an ASL interpreter with the movie when you could have subtitles? Um, but knowing that you know Max, HBO, Warner Brothers, whatever, uh, took the advice of people within the deaf community and they said no we want this and then they delivered i'm here for this thumbs up tabitha yeah this is amazing asl interpreters need to be available for more tv shows movies concerts everything so giant thumbs up to their decision to do this matt yeah i was in your camp mitch i was like well why would you do this if they have the captions but knowing what they did to come to this decision that's a fantastic way to do it and yeah these interpreters especially if you see them at concerts, they need to be available in way more places. Thumbs up to this. Lydia. Yeah, the fact that they took the advice of the people that actually need to utilize these kind of things and didn't just go, eh, we're just going to do what we want with this and hope for the best is fantastic. Thumbs up. Tabitha, you have maybe a less popular Barbie story? So there's a little bit of mm, mixed emotions around this, and I think it's mostly just people not understanding how, like... The Cherokee Nation does naming, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <clears throat> with the um, Inspiring Woman series that's coming out from Mattel, they have elected to do um, Wilma Mankiller, who is the, was the um, first female principal chief for the Cherokee Nation, leading the tribe until 1995. Um, she made her focus on social conditions and heritage as long as well as education for the community. She she was met with and people are saying bad things about the fact that her last name was Mankiller. Um, her response to why is your name Mankiller was Mankiller is actually a well-earned nickname. Um, it's a family name from her from her past and it's just something she adopted. So there are a lot of People that don't understand things, who are mad about the man-killer line, but someone said Wilma Mankiller is a champion for the Cherokee Nation, for Indian Country, and even my own daughter. It's incredible that they're doing this series, and I'm really glad they're branching out into the Native American culture, so thumbs up for Mattel. Matt. Yeah, this is, this is again, this is one of those things that in the world and society the way it is today, this is the kind of education that is needed for the general public. So huge thumbs up for not backing down on any of this and going with like going with what it is and telling us the story behind it. Thumbs up. Lydia. This is once again, the whole, Oh, we need to be diverse. We need to be inclusive. Oh, but not like that. Oh, anger. It's like, you're being angry at the wrong thing. Sit down, shut the up and let it happen. Thumbs up, Mattel. Just everyone else needs to stop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, agreed. Thumbs up, Mattel. Um, everybody else, maybe maybe know what you're talking about before you talk smack. I don't know. <laughs> just, it's just an idea. <laughs> That's never going to happen. Yeah, I know. 
So uh, Nicolas Cage is almost 60, and he wow. is... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lydia is upset. <laughs> um, but he is getting ready to say goodbye to films. Uh, the actor told Vanity Fair, quote, um, I may have three or four movies left in me. Uh, he also added, I do feel I've said what, I, what I've had to say with cinema. I want to say goodbye on a high note. Uh, while he cites wanting to spend more time with family, he isn't ruling out other forms of acting, such as a television series, which he's never done, um, which is surprising. But at the same time, if you really think about it, it's like, mm, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm giving this a thumbs up. Uh, Nicholas Cage, I know that we make fun of um, him from time to time. But at the same time, it's like you can't you can't take away like what he's done for cinema um good bad or indifferent um mostly good i think when you really think about it um and so if you're choosing to step away when it's right for you more power to you tabitha i'm just really sad he thinks he has three or four more movies left in him um (laughs) thumbs up for Nicolas cage retiring (laughs) matt (laughs) at the end of the day you do you um, I feel like this is a Stephen King thing. Like, I'm going to retire. I got three to four more movies. All of a sudden, one of them makes money. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm not really retiring. I'm, I'm back. Also, why would you, quote unquote, retire and then do a TV series, which requires way more time commitment than a movie, even if you've never done a TV series? That that logically and logistically doesn't make any sense. Whatever. Um, at the end of the day... You do you. If you want to do three to four more movies and retire, cool. Thumbs up. Lydia. I really hope that he does two or three more movies and then retires, because if he's trying to go out on a high note, Renfield is not it, buddy. (laughs) 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 But you know what? You you do what makes you happy, I guess. Thumbs up for you. (laughs) So a few episodes ago, we talked about Scholastic's policy on their diverse books. Um, They've changed it slightly. Um, now for every spring 2024 book fair, the company will include all titles in their celebrating voices collection instead of the title titles, just being an optional add on. Um, while all books will be, (laughs) while all books will be delivered to all fairs, uh, the hosts can choose whether or not to offer all of them for sale, which has always been the case. Um, I'm giving this a thumbs up. I, I know when we talked about this last time, we thought, you know, kind of, sort of, that Scholastic was trying to do the right thing, didn't really, didn't really land well. Uh, I think they're doing a better job and trying to course correct, so I'll give it a thumbs up, Tabitha. Yeah, also thumbs up. I know that last article that we read was a little disheartening, so this is, this is positive. Matt? I, like, like you guys have said, like... They were trying to course correct. They're trying to do like min- like mitigate the damage. Um, I think honestly, by saying this is the collection, we're including it with every book sale. You can either put it out for sale or not. That's entirely up to you and your school. That I think is probably the best answer to the whole thing. Um, that leaves it on a case by case basis. If the school doesn't, then they don't. But it's they're not intentionally leaving it off the truck when they deliver those books. I think that's great. Thumbs up. Lydia. Yeah, this definitely sounds like a much better step in the right direction. So thumbs up. Matt, let's talk about A24. 
So, A24 has inked a new multi-year deal with Warner Brothers Discovery, blah, 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 blah. Um, They're going to bring all of their movies to HBO, Max, and Cinemax. Um, This includes a backlist of over a hundred titles. The deal that they currently have expired, signed in 2019 and is expiring like within the next year. Um, This will both keep movies on the current services and bring others to um to max um which will include everything everywhere all at once uh uncut gems the whale um you know so i think that's great because obviously they have continued to grow as a film development company and to be able to put those out there where more people are going to get to stream them all all for that thumbs up lydia more weirdness. Yay. Thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for this. Um, yeah, nothing really else to add. Thumbs up. Tabitha. Yeah, I. A24 is one of those things that like I've always kind of wanted to get like, caught up on because I feel like once they came around and they like got popular, they already had this huge backlog that you don't really know about. So I just want to go through their backlog and see what's out there and find some weirdness to watch. Thumbs up. So three Disney Pixar films that, thanks to the pandemic, were only released on Disney Plus are finally getting theatrical releases. Uh, Soul comes out on January 12th, Turning Red on February 9th, and Luca on March 22nd. Uh, Tickets for all three go on sale January 2nd. Uh, I've given this a thumb sideways. Um, I, I think that, you know, these movies, I know that there was, especially with Turning Red, there was a lot of disappointment that these movies didn't get theatrical releases, uh, but at the same time, it's been how many years now? Uh, this is probably something that should have been done last year, maybe even like the second half of 21. Tabitha. Um, yeah, I'm also going to give this a thumb sideways, because if I have the option of sitting in my house and watching these movies, or going to the theater and having to put real clothes on and pay extra money i'm gonna sit in my house and watch them in in my jammies so up sideways i mean i've seen some people wearing their jammies at the theaters so yeah but like i mean like real jammies like holes in my pants and my shirt yeah i know know. oh (laughs) (laughs) i just guess i don't pay enough attention to the people around me in the movie theater (laughs) the walmart people found their way to the movie theater (laughs) matt um well, I do think that this is a good idea. I think this should have happened before now um, because they've they've been streaming long enough. Where at this point, anybody that's going to want to see this see these movies has watched them at home, you know, in their jammies on their couch instead of dressing. Well, just going out to the theater. I'm not even going to say dressing up because they just go. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm going to say thumbs down because this should have happened before now. And um, I had another thought to go along with this, but it's just it's gone. Lydia. Yeah, it just it this feels like it's too little too late. And we've kind of talked about it with like the way they've been releasing things lately in theater and streaming at the same time. And that being a poor idea going back and re-releasing things that they just released straight to streaming no matter the reason just kind of feels like a money grab at this point and yeah if if i had the option to just pull it up while i'm sitting on my couch compared to having to go to a movie theater and pay 20 bucks for a tub of popcorn i'm gonna sit on my couch and 
pop a bag of Jimmy Pop or whatever and not have to leave. So, thumb sideways, I guess. Lydia, or Tabitha, I'm sorry. It's because Lydia just spoke. It's fine. We're interchangeable. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes. Um, Let's talk about a Lego Avengers Tower. So, this thing is freaking huge. We're just going to start there. Um, Lego is releasing the Avengers Tower, and I'm going to go straight into the dimensions. All right. It comes with 5,201 pieces in 39 bags. It is... God. (laughs) 10 inches deep. Giggity. (laughs) I knew somebody was going to say something. 14 inches wide. Woo! Girthy. And 36 inches tall. That just sounds 38 on a good day. (laughs) It's not cold outside? That is going to make it Lego's tallest brick-built skyscraper. It is tight. <laughs> <laughs> it comes with 31 minifigures, which is also the most ever included in a Lego set. And you can purchase it for just $499.99. That's it? Um, someone that is a professional Lego builder, it took them 13 hours to build it. It's huge. Um, this looks really fun. I would never spend that kind of money on a Lego set. And also the fact that it has 36 bags gives me anxiety. So I'm giving this a thumbs up for Lego collectors, but never would I ever. Matt. All I said was Matt. <laughs> I'm just upset that I didn't know that there were professional Lego builders and I missed out on an apparently lucrative career. Um, I said it was lucrative. I mean, yeah, you're right. Um, you get a job for, Le- for Legoland. Right. Um, this falls into the category like Rivendell. Um, a set that I really want, that I don't need, that I have nowhere to put in my house. Um, but at the same time, I think this is fantastic, and I love the idea, so I'm going to go thumbs up. Lydia? As large as this thing is, I'm surprised that it's only like $500, because that's how much some of the other ones that have come out, like the Rivendell one, have been, and those aren't that big. However, I'm just imagining my dog just knocking this thing over and just bricks scattering all over my house and then not being able to leave my house because it's just a minefield of lego bricks so that's terrifying um i don't know where to go on this one guys i mean i did thumbs up i guess because i mean it's sounds really awesome but i'm also not going to spend that much money to have it knocked over yeah, I think at the end of the day, I'm going to give this a thumbs up. Um, yeah, definitely, I would never want to do this because, yeah, um, anxiety, Mitch, is real right now. Um, <laughs> I also feel like I'd be the person to like get to the very end and be like, where did this extra brick go? Exactly. <laughs> um, but while, yes, it's $500 and whew, um, I would have expected at least 750 especially with it being as massive as it is. So, Sony announced recently that due to some licensing arrangements, users won't be able to watch uh, any Discovery content uh, 
that they've purchased, not even just, you know, rented or whatever, um, and that the content will be removed from Sony's libraries as of December 31st, 2023. Um, so apparently, I, I, I haven't looked to see exactly how big it is, but apparently the list of stuff that's going away is pretty long. But while, yeah, stuff leaving streaming services, it's a thing. Uh, but even with it being like, hey, I've purchased this so I can watch it anytime I want. Now, Sony's being like, mm, JK, um, I'm giving this a thumbs down. I'm giving myself a thumbs up because I told y'all. Um, Tabitha. Yeah, I don't know how this is going to work with like in a legal way for them because like you've purchased that product like like you own that you gave them money for the thing that you were taking possession of how is that going to work on their end i have a lot of questions yeah and people aren't getting refunded either oh yeah i would not be happy so you're not buying the item you're buying a license for the item and that's how they get around it mm. so you're buying a license in perpetuity so instead of just doing like the 24-hour rental oh, license okay. you bought a license in perpetuity and then that massive thing of like terms and conditions that nobody reads <laughs> <laughs> because it's like several pages long all the time you're like oh i'm buying this thing that feels like it's a full price for the f- real copy but it's digital so i keep it forever right nope Okay. You only get to use it as long as we say you can. And at any point, we can revoke that. Ugh, gross. Thumbs down. Thank you for explaining that to me. Matt. Yeah, it's true. I know there had been some debate um, a while back. It was probably a couple of years. Um, as far as purchasing things from Amazon, as like for videos and things, on how long, once you purchased it, you actually had, quote, unquote, possession of it. Um, am I surprised that Sony's the first one to do this? Yes. Am I surprised that it happened? Not really. Um, I guess Sony's decided they've got enough money right now, so they don't, they can, they can just put up with this. So, uh, I guess thumbs down. Lydia. And this is why I will always buy the actual hard copy of like any video game or anything like that, that I want. Cause that's just rude. Thumbs down. Tabitha, let's be a trash panda. <laughs> yes, please. Um, released on November 15th is Trash Panda, um, developed by Jason Lever, published by J. Lever Presentations. It is on Steam, and it is called. It is tagged as a small, chill, lo-fi raccoon simulator where you play as a raccoon roaming neighborhoods of Toronto making a mess knock over trash bins, find power-ups, challenge other raccoons, and get lost. I have watched a lot of play-by-plays of this online now, and I, A, want to be a raccoon. Uh, B, just want to walk around Toronto as a raccoon. I've never had the desire to play a video game as much as I desire to play this video game. Thumbs all the way up. Matt. The part of this video game they don't show you is that Toronto's really clean. So there's a there's a Parks and Rec person following behind them cleaning up these raccoons. Um, <laughs> but 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just messing up with like a little like sweeper. <laughs> yeah, a broom in a dustpan, cleaning up, putting it back in the trash can after the raccoon knocks it over. Um, I was already interested in this, and oddly enough, um, I have come to enjoy some of those lo-fi like soundtracks. It's the idea of playing as a raccoon wandering Toronto with like a lo-fi soundtrack in the background. I didn't know I needed this. Thumbs up. <laughs> Lydia. This is giving untitled Goose Game vibes, and I love the, like, <laughs> sur- like the, the rise of all these video games where you just get to play as this random animal just wreaking havoc on the world. <laughs> I didn't know I needed this. Thumbs up. So, this is our last story tonight. Uh, McDonald's, you know, it's been around for a while now. Um, they finally are having a spinoff, I guess. Um, and one of these is opening up actually kind of close to us. Well, not kind of close to us, but um, one location is going to be in Bol- Bolingbrook, Illinois. Easy for you to say. Anyway. <laughs> so it's called Cosmics. Uh, capital C-O-S, capital M-C, apostrophe S. So, according to the website, it's a new concept from the McDonald's universe with its own distinct brand and identity. Cosmics looks, feels, and serves its customers differently than a traditional McDonald's restaurant. Also, this says that Cosmic is a long-lost McDonald's land character, the likes of which we ha- haven't we haven't seen since the early 1990s. Cosmic loved experimenting and creating flavors for friends in Cosmic Land, uh, which we're proud to now bring Earthside for all to enjoy. So, the website, it also, it says that it's a beverage concept. So, the menu is is drink heavy. Um, among the favorites is the Tropical Spice Aid. It's a fiery blend of lemonade and tropical flavors topped with an interstellar cascade of dragon fruit. Uh, there's also the turmeric spiced latte. It's an, <laughs> it's an otherworldly, bold, and peppery espresso experience. Um, they will have... <laughs> Tabitha is literally gagging over here. Uh, <laughs> I hate turmeric so much. <laughs> Um, they will have some food options, uh, such as the spicy queso sandwich. It's a radiant egg sandwich with just the right heat. But it looks like there's some sausage on there. <laughs> uh, it's a fluffy um, fluffy omelet-style egg elevated with sausage, spicy queso sauce, melty white cheddar cheese, um, pasteurized process. There was a couple of asterisks there. <laughs> and crispy jalapeno chips. Served on a soft toasted brioche bun. So, if you explore the whole menu, they will have other, like, McDonald's things. Like, they've got McFlurries. Uh, They've got, like, McDonald's breakfast sandwiches. um, Egg McMuffin, sausage McMuffin, all that kind of stuff. Interestingly enough, you know the, uh, like, the hash browns that McDonald's have? Mm -hmm. Cosmics will have savory hash brown bites. Crispy crowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like 
potatoes. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> they also have a snack box, which almost looks like a charcuterie board. Hearty mix of thick smoked Gouda cheese, sliced pepperoni, flaxseed crackers, and a handful of almonds and dried cranberries. I could get down with a McDonald's charcuterie board. That sounds delightful. <laughs> Cosmics. I'm not calling it that. <laughs> but that's what it's called. It's bougie McDonald's. Do not do not dead name Cosmics. <laughs> it's bougie McDonald's. <laughs> All I really wanted was for them to bring back the steak breakfast bagel, and instead they went ahead and did this whole... They have it in Chicago. What the heck? Yeah. That was like so intense. That was like on his headphones and everything. That was the most. We had animated. a moment, okay. That's yeah, the clearly. most animated I think I've seen not Seth in a long time. <laughs> it's usually him and Tabitha. We had a moment. Let me have this. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but yeah, like, is this something that you would go to? Probably. Not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say yes. Um, I did kind of look at the menu, um, and there's enough. Different, interesting, but not completely bizarre <laughs> options as far as the drinks that I would probably give it a shot. Um, also, yeah, that queso egg sandwich sounds real interesting. I know that some of like the basic McDonald's stuff is still going to be there, but like, I don't know. That queso egg sandwich sounds interesting. Plus, like I said, some of these other drinks are not weird enough to completely push me away. So... If, like, there isn't a line all the way around the block, yeah, I might give it a shot. I wonder how, like, like, how, like, the, because it says it's, like, a different service than, like, normal McDonald's. So, are we talking, is it going to be, like, a Sonic, where it's just, like, you just, like, it's a drive-in or whatever, or? Nah, they just remember all the sauces you ask for. (laughs) So, I think... (laughs) With the new concept, it's like a limited dining space, like they previously announced with like the switch for McDonald's. So it's going to be more like a Sonic, where it's primarily drive-through. Um, so yeah, Sonic style. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Way to go! Way to go, Mickey D's or Cosmic D's. You just yelled at me for that. <laughs> no, I mean, please do not say wait- Cosmic D's. <laughs> Way to go, Mickey. <laughs> now I can't eat there. <laughs> Way to go, Mickey D's, in coming up with a different concept. Because it is still a McDonald's brand. Whatever. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to figure out what they would call the Burger King, Burger King equivalent of this. Galactic King? Don't like that either. No, it's probably got something to do with the monarchy. Yeah. Yeah. All hail the king. <laughs> um all all I know all I know is that you guys have been in my house for two and a half hours and I'm sweepy. So um Bye. 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 bye.
That's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. It would be a shame if you didn't follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Geek Awakens Podcast or on Twitter at Geek Awakens. Theme music created and produced by E. Cannon Beats. Our logo was designed by Shay McCain. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. We're boldly gone. <laughs>